Welcome to the End of Days Conference hosted by Rhema Family Church in February 2016. Our guest speaker is Reverend Joseph Morris. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Sure love that song. Jesus the King. I still have my mint in my mouth. I gotta get that out. Okay, turn uh, turn if you would to John chapter 14. And uh, I'm gonna even kind of go cross-grain with what I've been telling you a little bit. Because the first thing we're going to look at when it comes to the rapture of the church is from John, but uh, you really can't find it in the Gospels, but we see a little tiny reference here. But it's just a really cool, you look at God, he's so neat how he does little things just interesting. Uh, so we're going to look at the rapture of the church, you know, there's coming a time, we know this, this mortal is going to put on immortality. Death will be swallowed up in life, and we'll lose the stain of Adam. We all have, the stain of Adam is still that the Adam's... Uh, the sin nature in our flesh, but we're about to get us a brand new body, and it's going to be wonderful. So the next event, I didn't, haven't done this, so let me do this. Let me go through a chronological order, and then we'll pick up with John 14 here in a second. So let's talk mentally for a minute, uh, mentally about the chronological order of everything, okay? Let's see if we can get this out right. Right now we're living at the end of the church age, the dispensation of grace. We know it's James 5. The husbandman is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it. So we're at the end of that dispensation. The next event, I'm going to give you calendar events in order. The next event for you and I, as the end of the harvest of the earth right now, is rapture. Okay? Rapture of the church. The next event after that, seven-year tribulation. Next event after that, second coming of Christ. Next event after that, millennial reign of Christ. Okay, I'm skipping over some things because at the second coming, you have the sheep and goat judgments for the nations. We'll get into that tomorrow. And then you have the millennial reign of Christ, that thousand years. At the end of the millennium, you have, uh, when the millennium is done, you have the great white throne judgment. Okay, that's at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. I hear people say, well, he's going to wipe away all the tears. Really, the tears don't get wiped away until after the millennium. There's still some sadness during the millennium because people will reject Jesus even with him physically being there. Well, I can't wait to get in all that. But he's going to show the church off. <laughs> so cool. So you, at the end of the millennium, you have, uh, when that finishes, you have the great white throne judgment, and then you have God bringing heaven down to earth i hate moving moving such a hassle you know but god's gonna it's no big deal for him <laughs> he's not just gonna move his house he's gonna move a planet <laughs> so he's gonna move his 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 space down here so uh, so that's in order rapture i mean harvest of the earth then rapture seven year tribulation second coming of christ thousand year millennium then after the millennium, you have the renovation of the earth by fire, and then you have God bringing heaven down to earth. So that's the chronological order. It's kind of weird that we're in that section of uh, probably the most, there's more, I've said this the first day yesterday, there's more verses written about the moment right after we leave than any other verses in the Bible, okay? Revelation 4 through 19 are all tribulation period. Okay, Daniel saw all the nations that were going to be on the earth. Isn't it cool? Daniel just, well, gosh, we're going to get to that next hour. But anyway, Daniel got to see uh, all this stuff that happens right after we leave. So there's so much documentation. Look how sweet the Lord is. There's so much documentation for that seven-year period that after we're raptured, the Jews will be able to go to the Bible and go, well, here we go. God left us a whole blueprint here. I say that because a buddy of mine got a Jewish man saved in, in England. And... Uh, he owns all this property in downtown England. And this is what he said to him because he finally realized Jesus is his Messiah and got born again. And my buddy gave him and Brother Hagen's book, How to Be Led by Your Spirit. Now watch this. 
one week, reading Kenneth Hagin's book, How to Be Led by Your Spirit, that new, newly born again Jewish man came up to my buddy. He goes, well, I have a sensation to have an unction and I have a witness to do this. And my buddy goes, you have a what? He goes, well, I have a witness to do this. He goes, well, I'm being led by my spirit. He'd, he'd been saved one week and knew how to be led by his spirit. So the, these, these Jewish guys right after we're raptured, they're going to be like, let's go to the book. Let's go to the blueprint here and find out what we're supposed to do. That guy, I've been listening to Kenneth Hagin since 1970, and I'm still trying to figure out how to be led by my spirit. That guy figured it out in one week. So, so God's so cool to have all that info for them. Isn't it? He's, he's so legal, so they won't be able to get to heaven and go, well, I had no idea what was going on. He's going to go, oh, hello, I gave you more verses. I gave you more activities. We'll get into all that, what's going to happen. But with that, let's go back to John 14. Let's get into the rapture. John 14, verse 1 is pretty cool. Let not your heart, John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, that, this is the only little shadow reference to the rapture, but I want to start with this because it is so extreme. Because Jesus basically asked those guys to marry him right then. That was the Jewish wedding proposal, okay? And now, <laughs> how, I, I can just see the staff of Jesus. You know, Peter, James, and John, all those guys were so normal. You know, they, they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because Jesus basically would do it like this. He walks up to the staff and goes, oh, by the way, will, will you guys marry me? And they're like, whoa, hold on, guys don't ask guys to marry him. Jesus has been out in the sun too long. Something's up here. Because, I mean, Jesus would always say things to them. They're like, Have you, are you serious what you're saying? He basically said, will you marry me? Okay, in the Jewish wedding tradition, a man would ask a woman to marry him, and he would pay a purchase price for her. There would be a redemption, okay? And then that she would be set apart. Just like we've been set apart waiting for the rapture. And in the Jewish wedding tradition, the, the man would go back to his father's house. His father would build a, a honeymoon suite for them. And the son would not know when the suite is done. The father would go, okay, your room is ready. Go back and get your bride. And the, and the bride was continually staying in a constant state of readiness. But the average time was exactly about a year for him to build this house, this wedding uh, chamber. Everybody thinks, well, you can't know when the bridegroom's going to come back to get things. That's in a wrong teaching. They knew almost to the day when he was going to come back. She wasn't just sitting there. How many of you knew when your wedding was going to be? Yeah. Did it catch you by surprise? No. You have a deal called save the date. I mean, when our daughter Lauren got married, we had, she had nine bridesmaids fly to California. I've never worked so hard in all my life. Lauren, Lauren goes, hey, you'll be able to do this, Dad, no big deal. Yeah, Dad's working 24-7, juggling, do, 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 trying to get all this stuff done for this wedding. It didn't catch me by surprise. But yet, the picture of the rapture is always by surprise. It's a surprise for the world. For the church, he said, you're not in darkness, so that day would overtake you as a thief. So the, the, the woman would go, she'd be, the purchase price would be made, she would be set apart or sanctified, and she would remain, get more and more ready as the days came along for him to come back. And as it came up to that time of year, now this is what uh, the people I've interviewed in Israel, she, they all said it's based on how much money the family had. If the family had a little bit of money, it was going to be like a tent of a, of a honeymoon chamber. If they had a lot of money, it was going to be an elaborate room. And the father would decide, this is how much money I'm going to spend on your room. But it would almost always be about a year, regardless of the money involved. So the woman was not clueless. We've taught it that, well, you just can't tell when Jesus is going to come back for the church. Yeah, you can once you get into the scripture. 
So what would happen was the father would tell the son, hey, I got your room ready, go get your bride. He would run down with a shout, and she's been getting herself ready because we're getting close to the timing of her to be ready, and man, she's got her ears perked up, and all of a sudden she would go out to meet him, and at the rapture of the church, he's going to come down with a shout, and we're going to go up to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Come on, this mortal's going to put on immortality. Woo, hallelujah, never to get tired again. Hmm. Never to gain weight again. <laughs> Should get a witness on that. Come on. I told you my weight's perfect. I'm just not the right height. My weight is flawless. I just need to be 6'3". I need to be about another foot taller. I mean, it is. I'll weigh like 182. That's the perfect weight. If you're 6'1", or however many meters you need to be. <laughs> so all this is going to get corrected. Hallelujah. And right now, we're quickened by His Spirit. I, my, my cells are quickened, but I'm sure looking forward to getting me a brand new body. So... This is the hidden reference in the Gospels because you don't see it anymore. And there's a few more little references that we'll get to. And let's go over to 1 Thessalonians. And let's just look at this for a minute because there's so much to get into. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4. You know the verses real well. But isn't that a cool picture of Jesus talking to them saying, I'm, I'm going to come back for you. And, uh, and they're like, whoa, 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 you're asking me to marry you? I'm sure it freaked them out. I mean, it would freak me out if the guy I was working for would go, oh, by the way, I want you to marry me. I'd be like, ah, this is not cool. So, but Jesus did some interesting things to get them ready. The Passover, all those different things were like that. So go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and let's look at this. We'll get into all of it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now, now, Thessalonians is the first letter written by Paul. If you'll notice, the theme of the letter is what? The coming of the Lord. Why did Paul write this letter to the church at Thessalonica? They thought they were in the tribulation. Okay, some people started dying, and they thought, well, the Lord's going to come back before people should die, and then they were under so much persecution, Paul's like, hey, ho, ho, they're, 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 they knew the imminency of the return of the Lord to the point that, oh, we got people going home to be with the Lord, what's up? Well, I thought Jesus was going to come back before that, so Paul has to write them a letter going, hey, don't worry, everything's cool, so think of that tone as Paul's writing about the rapture, okay? So go here to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So see, he wants you informed, he wants you hopeful, and he wants you happy, no sorrow. If, but if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, scare one another with these words. No, the teaching of the rapture is to bring comfort. And really, if you want to get real technical, the word comfort there in your margin of your Bible is the word exhort. He said, exhort one another with these words, because there is a, this is our glorious hope. And you remember I said the other day, hope deferred makes the heart sick. He wants us to have this hammered into us. There's a joy that should be in the church that we're about to be caught up. And as crazy as it sounds, there is a generation that's going to be here when the rapture happens. And that's you. When you go through all the signs, I didn't have to go through all of them this morning. It's you. You can do the math however you want to do it. It's you. And then people go, well, you can't be that bold about it. You can if you can read. And I'm having to be extreme about that because people confront me every day. Well, you can't tell when the Lord's coming back. 
I said, well, okay, Jesus had a whole tribe in the Old Testament called the tribe of Issachar, had an understanding of the times to know what the children of Israel ought to do, indicating if you don't know what time it is, you won't know what you're supposed to do. And so if you know what time it is, you know there's a change coming. And this is the rapture of the church. Now, people talk about, well, that was a doctrine that came in in the late 1800s. No, it came right here. Started with Jesus uh, giving them a wedding proposal, and they're like, whoa. And then Paul going, hey, don't worry. Uh, he's going to come back with a shout with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead and rise will dead in Christ will rise first isn't it something every loved one you've ever had that's going home to be with the Lord before you all of a sudden they're going to be reunited with their flesh their molecules are going to be reunited and they'll get their body and their spirit's going to join their body and we're going to go up to meet them in the air the Bible says he's able to subdue even all things unto himself he's going to go come up hither and every one of those bodies are going to be completely remade at the same exact second your body's remade Ooh, hallelujah. People go, can, can the Lord heal me? He's already healed you 2,000 years ago, but he, he's going to change your whole molecular structure in one, one word, the shout with the archangel, trump of God. Ooh, we're going we're gonna to rock it right out of heaven, right out of the earth up to meet him in the air. I remember the, old, remember the old pictures in the old movies where the graves will burst open. They're good songs, you know, but the graves aren't going to burst open. They're, they're, those are going to come right through their caskets, just like you're going to go right through the ceiling. Nothing's going to contain you or hold you. He, 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 when he says, come up hither, every born-again person on the planet is going to go north. Wow, hallelujah. You talk about an evacuation. Every time you have an army getting ready to go to battle, they always evacuate their ambassadors first. Israel moved their ambassadors out of uh, Jordan the other day. You had to, uh, uh, every time there's a war, they always get the ambassadors first. God's coming back for his ambassadors. The church will be raptured. So here we see it. Uh, it's pretty crazy. We know this and have heard this, but, but let's go a little further. Watch what he says in verse 14. Here's the qualifications for growing up in the rapture. And we're going to go through everything about it here, so just run with me mentally for a little bit. But verse 14 gives you the qualification. Verse 14. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, a lot of people get kind of frustrated about that, but there, there really is no in-between. I mean, I hear people go, well, if you're just perfect, you're going to go up in the rapture. If you're not perfect, you're not going to go up in the rapture. If you're born again, you're going to go up. Now, it's not about you. I just want to go through this. It's not about you. It's about him coming for his body. Okay? Let me, I'm going to get real technical here for a little bit because we're in Bible school, <laughs> and I can slow down and get real technical. You're, you're either born again or you're not. There's no in-between. Okay? You can not be a great Christian. You can be carnal, and you may not be doing what you should do, but that doesn't mean necessarily you lose your nature. It just means you're yielding to the flesh. shouldn't do that. That's stupid. Am I in the right room? But there's a teaching right now that if people don't believe in the rapture or don't, don't have faith in the rapture, they're not going up. That's not biblical. It's not about you. It's about him. We've made it about me. Am I cool enough? Am I holy enough? It ain't about you. He made you holy. Okay, I'm going to do Elvis on that one. He made you holy. Because I've heard people go, well, if, if I'm not doing everything I should do, and I'm not giving you a license to sin. People are going to sin without a license. I'm just telling you, it, it, Jesus purchased you. Now, I go into churches all the time. They go, well, I drank the wrong cup of coffee. I'm afraid I'm not going up in the rapture. I said, well, you got a bad strain of the blood of Jesus. The one I got made me perfect. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, this lady, I was in Galveston, Texas preaching. And this lady walked up to me. She goes, how dare you say, if you're born again, you're going up in the rapture? And I said, well, I went through the whole thing with her. I said, well, you know, it's just the same thing. It's, it's not by works. It's by faith, by grace. And uh, the Holy Ghost loves to magnify Jesus. You know what the Holy Ghost said to me? He said, ask her. 
Whose works would she rather trust in? My works or her works? See, he knows. He did a pretty good job. Read Hebrews. By himself, he purged our sins. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels. As by he made, come on, by he did it all by himself. Think about that. I mean, you, 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 you read Hebrews over and over and over and over. It talks about he redeemed you. Now, I'm, I'm saying that because I want, I want you to get to you have joy about the rapture. Because I hear people all the time, their biggest fear is, am I going to go up? Are you saved? They go, yeah, you're going up. <laughs> I mean, think about it today. Just think if I was here and I was preaching and I had one leg and I was having to hop on one leg, I'd be looking forward to getting my other leg. It'd be so wonderful to get reunited with my leg. Just think how ridiculous that'd be. Jesus is looking forward to getting his body. We've made it about us. Am I cool enough? Am I sharp enough? But if you're born again, you need to get into the Greek and all this stuff. Uh, at the sec- oh man, I I got to be I got to be careful here. At the rapture, there's an examination that's made. It's the exact same word that there's an examination that's made at the second coming. At the rapture of the church, the righteous go up to meet him in the air. At the second coming, the wicked are plucked off the earth. But at the this the same word where he makes an examination, you're either lit or not lit. <laughs> you're either lit or not lit. There's no in between. Now, I know that, that it gets some people mad that are religious, but that's just too bad. I guess I'll go preach over here. <laughs> okay, so the back room, there's Diet Coke over there. I'll preach in that room. So what happens is Jesus redeemed you, and uh, it's so powerful, you, uh, uh, you don't have, it produces no fear. It produces zero fear. I'll preach back here for a little bit. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> so what happens is you don't have to be concerned about earning your way to heaven you don't have to be concerned about making your way jesus made the way come on he he purchased you with his own blood how dare me say when i get to heaven and i see that fountain go oh that blood wasn't perfect enough for everybody by himself he did it and now you got people going well i just don't think he's powerful enough to rapture me oh come on all of a sudden when he says come up hither come up to the throne of god we're going to be recreated Oh, man, come on. And we have this brand new body that we're going to rock it up to heaven. And you talk about a future. You've got reward seat of Christ to go to. You've got the marriage supper of the Lamb to go to. You have some appointments with God. And you're living right before this happens. Amen. Now, you want to live holy. You don't want to be stupid. Who in the world would want to go, I think I want to live like the devil? That's, that's idiotic. Why would you want to have your garment spotted when you're about to... <laughs> Amen. The way the Bible says it, what if I, had a, if I had this coat on, I dipped it out in the mud, and all of a sudden I put, that coat, put the coat on with mud all over it. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? You wouldn't want to put a garment on like that. No, that's stupid. Let's say at home you've got a, a brand new jacket, and you've got a jacket that's been running in the mud. I'll, I'll think I'll wear the one that's muddy. That's stupid, but people do that all the time. But at the rapture of the church, he's going to subdue even all things unto himself. Now let's talk about the, the, the purpose of it. It's for your new body. Your new body, all right? Hang with me. You, you need to get a body that can handle the glory of God. We talked a little bit about it the other day. All of a sudden at this rapture, uh, we get this new body. Let's talk about scripturally, Jesus, when he was raised from the dead. Because, I mean, there's all this weird teaching about not understanding it. But remember when Jesus was raised from the dead? Remember he, uh, <laughs> he appeared to uh, the, the two as they walked on the road to Emmaus? Wasn't that cool, you know? They, they walked and they were sad. And he goes, why are you so sad? He goes, well, they crucified our Lord. And he said, uh, they would have, the Bible says he, they would have kept right on walking. And uh, uh, 
he, they constrained him to stay for dinner, you know. And then it's something Jesus took him through the word. He sat down with him. He could have said, dun, 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 I'm, I'm him. But he took him through the word, took him through the scripture and opened their eyes to who Jesus was in the Old Testament and the prophets. Then all of a sudden he broke some bread and disappeared right there. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us the words that he spoke to us? His words are spirit and life. So here uh, they go back and tell it to the residue and neither believed they them. They're like, they saw, we saw Jesus. He disappeared. They're like, no, he didn't. <laughs> and then Thomas, <laughs> Thomas goes, until I see him come in and I put my finger in his side and, and see the hole in his hands and put the finger out, I will not believe. Boom, Jesus walks right through the wall. Don't you love it? Jesus knows every word you say. Jesus walked right through the wall. Walked, walked right through the wall. Thomas, reach into your hand. Thrust it into my side. Look at the holes in my hand. Be not faithless with believing. So here Jesus, and they freaked out. <gasps> yeah, they freaked out. He walked through the wall. That's not normal. <laughs> okay, so Jesus walks through the wall, and they thought he was a spirit. He said, handle me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see I have. Okay, his blood's laid at the mercy seat. <laughs> so he, he's in this glorified body. That's a picture of your future. So with that glorified body, they still saw him. He walked through walls. They handled him, and he still ate fish. We have this tendency to think that we're going to go to heaven, and all of a sudden when we're raptured, we become like robots. It's good to be here, Lord. I made it. And, all, and, we, and we lose all of our personality. No, that's what people think. Then I was telling you the other night, you, we have been times, and the number one question will be, a lady will raise her hand and go, well, I know my husband when I get there. I'll go, well, do you want to know your husband? <laughs> I mean, we think that all of a sudden it's kind of like, boof, we go to, we're raptured and don't know anything. You carry everything from here there. I mean, you just get a brand new body. You're not going to turn into a freak. If, if, you, if you like to play sports, you're gonna, we'll get into the millennium tomorrow night. I know the first six months of the millennium, I'm going to play golf at St. Andrews. I'm going to be translated to Augusta. And I'm going to be translated to Hawaii. And I'm going to be translated back to, to St. Andrews. And I'm going to play golf because it won't get dark. I can play 24 hours a day. <laughs> you say, you really, will you want to do that? See, we, we think so weird that we won't want to do things that are enjoyable. The number one reason he made you is because he wants you to smile. He loves you smiling. Just like, it thrills me to see my little girl happy. Thrills me. So with this new body, you're going to be able to, man, you're going to have fulfillment. I remember, I, had, I play the guitar not very good, and I play sad. I play old rock songs from the 70s. That's about all I can play because I'm not very good. And I had some different guitars over the years, and uh, I'd have a Fender Strat, and the Lord would say, give it away. And I would always, the Lord would say, but give it to that guy right there. It was a young man or something, and he'd just ask his mom that day for a guitar. And, and the mom said, well, believe God for it, you know. So I'd give a guitar away, and I needed a kind of a guitar to get to, like, get me a cooler guitar. So I went to the guitar store there in California, and I was thinking, well, I'll get me a cheap guitar. And as I walked in, the Lord said, why don't you learn how to play every instrument? You're going to live forever. Yeah. I was like, whoa, kind of messed with me. I was like, oh, man, really? See, we think, we think so. He's not unlimited. He says, why don't you learn to play every instrument? You're going to live forever. Okay, so the glorified body is just a, a way of God getting our flesh ready. I said it the other day. Remember the, the cherubim and the seraphim? Remember the seraphim that covered the, the mercy seat? Two wings, they cover their face. Two wings, they cover their feet. Two wings, they fly with. They're the ones, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. How would you like to have a job like that? What do you do? Holy, holy. How cool is that? What do you do 24-7? I just make a lap around the throne but they still have to shield themselves from his glory. God's going to get you a brand new body to where your rods and cones can handle all, all the stuff that would be happening when you walk into that kind of presence. 
brand new body. Wow. So how wonderful will that be that we're, we're caught up with this new body and we're retrofitted to handle the glory of God. Travel's different. We'll be able to be basically like angels instantly somewhere else. Remember, angels do always behold the face of their father for these children, yet they can come back and forth to earth before, before anything could even happen to them. So things are going to be totally different for us. Now, we don't have every detail of everything, but we can look at Jesus' body and see he walks through the wall, eats fish, still normal, yells at them on the shore, go, hey, have you caught anything? He didn't go, <laughs> We think of the minute you're having on the side of the lake, no. Peter said, it's Jesus, jumped out of the boat, swam over there to him. He didn't go, oh, man, he's a freak. You know, no. We, we always want to take the freaky route rather than the normal route. It's going to be very, very cool. All right, so the qualifications, be in Christ. Be born again. The blood purchased you. We know that. The next thing is the function of it is the functionality of, 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 the, of needing this before we go to the throne of God. I know people that have gone home be with the Lord, you know, whatever, they can handle it. But every time in the scripture when you see people that met with God, they hit the floor. Daniel had to be picked up a couple times. Ezekiel had, they all couldn't handle it. So God's going to get us a body where we can handle his presence. Mm. Think of getting near the sun and the radiance of the sun, and that's a picture of our dad. Mm. The Bible says that there's no need for the sun because of the glory that's in his face. Wow. I believe we'll be in heaven sometimes, and we'll, see, we'll think the sun's coming up, but it won't be the sun. It'll be Jesus walking toward us. Woo. We're like, oh, the sun's coming up. No, it's him. <laughs> In him, it pleased the Father that all the fullness of the Godhead would dwell bodily. Woo, hallelujah. All right, all right let's talk about some timing for a little bit, because this is cool. Let's go through timing on the rapture. This is good because it just blesses us and strengthens us as far as our hope for the future. Everybody so glad you came? Yes. Don't you love his presence? Don't you love his, pre- his presence will strengthen you, even talking about the rapture. He just loves to just put the little stamp right on a beautiful hope that will be with him forever. And we'll get into more here in a minute, but let's go through timing for a little bit because there's many things we can cover. Let's go to timing. Okay. Let's talk about the different feasts for a minute, okay? Because this is really cool when you get into the feasts. You know, feasts are just basically dress rehearsals. We know that. Dress rehearsals for the real. You have a dress rehearsal for your wedding so you know what to do when the wedding happens. You have a dress rehearsal for plays so you are more comfortable with it. So God gave us some dress rehearsals uh, for the feast for the real. Remember the verse feast? The Passover. Jesus comes to the cross on Passover. He fulfilled every single feast flawlessly. Okay, think about it. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So on Passover, he's put on the cross. Okay? What was the next feast that had to be fulfilled? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. That one was they took three pieces of bread, the middle piece of bread, they, they folded it, they pierced it, and they broke it. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Born in Bethlehem means home of the bread. <laughs> Isn't it cool? So, but he had a feast to keep, but normally you're on the cross longer. They put people on the cross so, so there would be a spectacle not to break the law, but Jesus had a feast to keep, so he gets put on the cross, takes the sin, the sickness, and the poverty, the disease of every created, every being that ever will or ever will, was or ever will be. So, so he went home quick, you know, but he had an appointment, he had a feast he had to keep. So on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, he's buried. Okay? Went to the cross on Passover? Goes buried on unleavened bread, raised on first fruits. The next feast, first fruits. He's the firstborn from the dead. Flawlessly fulfilled it. Anytime you talk to a Jewish person about this, it's kind of hard for them. It kind of freaks them out because it proves Jesus is the Messiah. (laughs) 
Okay, so, so Jesus is raised on first fruits. What's the next feast? A Pentecost. What happened on the next feast? The Holy Ghost was poured out on Pentecost. So flawlessly he fulfilled these, okay? All right, what was, what's the next feast to be fulfilled that had been fulfilled? Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Gatherings. I believe the rapture of the church will be on, on Feast of Trumpets. You say, well, if, well, if you knew that, you knew when the rapture is going to be. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but man, every September, Colleen and I are going like this, Lord, I love you. I mean, I know exactly when Feast of Trumpets starts in Israel. I know exactly when it's finished. And the whole time, man, I've got my head perked up like that. And I'm going, hmm, this is a perfect time for you to come. I told Pastor Tony and last night I said you know I told the Lord last year if you don't come last year you missed a wonderful opportunity because there's a lot, a lot of stuff happening last year you know what I mean but so so Feast of Trumpets you know, say why is that let's talk about Feast of Trumpets for a minute you say well you think that we'd actually know that well go back to Thessalonians for a second and we'll come back to Feast of Trumpets go to Thessalonians chapter 5 look at verse 1 but of the times and the seasons brethren you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night for when they you ought to circle the word they the world when they the world shall say peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them the world as travail upon a a woman with child they the world shall not escape but you brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief so so here that's why there's so much revelation coming out about a feast of trumpets so let's talk about feast of trumpets for a minute and then we've got a whole lot more to get into but hang with me so feast of trumpets there's several things about the feast of trumpets that totally make it make sense about the rapture all right, you say, well, then you know when the Lord's coming back. No, I don't know what year he's coming back. I don't know, I mean, I know he's in the seat, we're in the season of it. I'd never say that. I'd never preach, oh, I got the year he's coming back. That's crazy. But I can tell you what, it probably will be on Feast of Trumpets one year. And if I'm wrong, you can correct me when we go up. I don't care, whatever. But let me, just, let me give you a little bit more insight into Feast of Trumpets. Number one, Feast of Trumpets represents the, coron- the beginning of a coronation of a king. There's a private ceremony we will go to. We'll be raptured, and we'll go up to a cor- the coronation of a king. There's always a private ceremony for the family, and there's a public ceremony for everybody else. He's going to be presented to us as king of kings and lord of lords, and then at the second coming, he'll be presented to the earth as the king of kings and lord of lords. Feast of Trumpets represents the coronation of a king. Okay? The next thing it is, it's the start of seven days of awe before the day of atonement that's a picture of the seven years of tribulation so the church is raptured and there's seven days of awe or for them it's seven years of awe uh, it's a perfect correlation all right the next one this is the one that really gets you it's really cool the feast of trumpets always happens everybody with me everybody so glad you came feast of trumpets is always uh, 29.5 days after the last new moon okay Always, but this is really cool, okay? So the Sanhedrin would go out and take two witnesses and have them go out. Tell us when the new moon's here. So he'd have two witnesses. Two, two witnesses would go out to look at the new moon, and they, would, they couldn't tell what day it was going to be on. Was it, it going to be on the 29th of the month or the 30th of the month? Because it was 29.5 days from the last one. So they never knew which day it was going to be on. That's why when Jesus said, no one knows the day nor the hour, he was talking about the Feast of Trumpets. So the Sanhedrin would go out, and they'd come back and proclaim it's today, but they didn't know if it was on the 29th or the 30th. So when Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour, they all knew. He goes, wow, that's the Feast of Trumpets. 
He was trying to give the church a little clue there that you're going to be raptured on the Feast of Trumpets. Once again, you go, well, if you knew that, you'd know when the Lord's coming back. Yes, just like you knew when your wedding was. Now, that freaks everybody out. Last week, I had a lady blink at me like a frog in a West Texas hailstorm, like Brother Hagin talks about. She sat there and went just like this. I've had that happen a couple times, but usually not about end times. <laughs> but see, we, we have so been taught incorrectly, so that's the timing of it. Okay, now what's the next feast after that? Tabernacles. He will tabernacle with men, the second coming. He comes back and bodily tabernacles with men. So Feast of Trumpets is probably when the rapture will be. If I'm wrong, I don't care. Let's hang with me. There are no signs for the rapture. The rapture is signless. The second coming has sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. So it isn't wonderful that we have all these things that are going to come to pass in our lifetime. Think about it. You never have to die. I mean, that's just crazy. So let's look at it in the scriptures. You have uh, Enoch walked with God, and all of a sudden he's caught up. He's raptured. Elijah, he's right there with God. All of a sudden he's raptured. So this is not not a new doctrine. This is a biblical doctrine. And we were talking about the other night. Elisha, the sons of the prophets, they knew the very day Elijah was going to go up. And, and, and he, Elisha goes, I know, shut up. I know it, no big deal. It's no big deal to know the day he's going to be caught up. So Enoch walked with God. Enoch's a perfect type of the church. Walked by faith. Spokesman for God. And here he walks by faith. He has a kid, names him Methuselah. And he walks by faith and all of a sudden he departs. You know, he departed right before the flood came. How'd you like, we were talking about this, how'd you like to have a job prophesying about the second coming of the Lord before he even came? You talk about weird. He's coming back with 10,000 of saints. Who's coming back? He ain't never been here. <laughs> I mean, Enoch had to preach like that, and then he's caught up. The wickedness of the day was so bad, God took him off the earth. Elijah was taken off. Jesus compared the second coming to the days of Lot and the days of Noah. Lot, the righteous are taken out, and the angel said, I can't do anything here until the righteous depart. And Noah rode the flood like the righteous could endure. Those are perfect pictures of the church leaving and Israel riding through the tribulation period for seven years. God's so cool to give us a little bit of pieces here, a little bit of pieces there, a little bit of pieces there. But that, those are not the only raptures. At the end of when Jesus was there on that mount, right there before he left, he was raptured. He was caught up. This same Jesus which is caught up, he'll come back in like manner. And then you have a couple more raptures in the, in the tribulation. You've got the two witnesses going up. So it's a, it's a biblical doctrine that people are on the earth and all of a sudden they're not on the earth. Not a big deal for the Lord. Now the word for it in the Greek is called the harpazo. Harpazo, it means to be snatched up or be caught up. People say, well, that rapture, that word is not in the literal Greek. In the Latin it is. It's called rapero. It means rapture. In the literal uh, Latin, that's what it was, was raptured. We're to be caught up, we're to be snatched. So isn't that wild? We're going to be walking with God and all of a sudden, pew. I mean, won't that be weird for the earth? I mean, all the movies, the invasion of the body snatchers and all that, and I'm sure they'll come up with new age things going, we can evolve to the next state now the Christians are taking off. But it is wonderful that God's going to evacuate because of what's getting ready to happen on the earth. So let's go back and look at that. Go back to 2 Thessalonians there and skip over to verse number, I believe it's verse number 9. 2 Thessalonians, no, 1 Thessalonians, I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. 
He says here in verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as you also do. If you'll notice, the teaching of the rapture was always to bring comfort, not fear. And somehow, there's a religious mentality that got crept into there, saying you've got to be afraid about the coming of the Lord. I mean, every end-time conference we do, someone will come up to me and go, I was afraid to come because I thought it was going to be bad news. There is no bad news for us. So this is this event that didn't come about in 1870-something. If you think of Paul when he said the archangel is going to come with a shout, you go into all the detail about that. Remember when the devil disputed with the body of Moses and the archangel said, the Lord rebuke you? I believe that's what's going to happen right at the rapture. Lucifer is going to go, hey, they're here on the earth. I have charge over this earth. And the archangel is going to go, the Lord rebuke you. I believe that's what he's going to say right there. That's why you have the voice of the archangel. And all of a sudden, the walls of, of humanity are going to change. That's why you have pictures of it with, in the Old Covenant when he had them walk around the walls of Jericho. They shouted. The walls came down. All of a sudden, we will step into an eternal-type body. Whew, hallelujah. Never to be messed with the scar of the fall again. Man, you talk about shouting. We should shout right now. To, to all of a sudden, a moment where the, 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 the horribleness of this dispensation will be disappeared from us. And our veins won't have blood in them, but they'll have the glory of the Lord. The life will not be in the blood. It'll be in God's glory going all through us. How cool will that be? So skip over to chapter 2. Go to 2 Thessalonians. And let's skip over there for a second. And watch how he goes into some stuff here to bring a little bit more information and revelation. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, look at verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the second coming, and by our gathering together unto him. That's the rapture of the church, because we're going to be gathered together unto him. Two separate events there. He talks about the second coming, then he talks about the rapture. And he says that in verse 2, that you not be soon shaken in mind, nor troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. Remember, they all thought that they're in the tribulation. He said, let no man deceive you by any means, that they shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now let's just open up this for a couple minutes, because we've got a little bit of minutes before our break. That word is the word apostasy. We saw that on the dispensation things there. But it's not the word apostasy. It's, it's the word the apostasy. Uh, it's the word apostasy is what it is. It's the exact same word that Enoch departed before the flood. Okay? He basically saying here, this is not a departing from the faith. Hang with me. If a departing from the faith could have brought the Antichrist, he would have come during the Dark Ages. He's saying here, the Antichrist can't even be revealed until you depart. Okay, the moment you depart, he has access. Now, hang with me. He has—he's <laughs> completely being held in check by you, and you have so much authority. The authority that he gave the believer, God's got to pull you off. So during that seven-year period, you'd be changing asteroids. You'd be changing. You'd be changing. You'd be dictating what's going on in the earth. James 5, Elijah, he prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years and it didn't rain for three and a half years, indicating that's a picture of the church. If he could dictate natural rain, you can dictate spiritual rain. That whole chapter is about your dominion you have. So God takes the church off the earth so the Antichrist can come on the scene because he's going to give the devil the last part of the tribulation is three and a half years. Jesus had three and a half years. The Antichrist is going to have three and a half years. He's going to function the first three and a half years, but then Lucifer is going to bodily go into him and, and incarnate him just like Jesus that took on flesh. Lucifer is going to take on flesh that last three and a half years. And that can't happen while we're here because we have so much power. 
Woo. So let's read a little bit more. Are you still with me? Go a little further. He says here in verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, talking about the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Man, I love the future for Lucifer. I mean, he was defeated 2,000 years ago, but he's going to get absolutely the tar beat out of him right here at the second coming. And then he's going to get put in that pit. When he gets put in that pit, I'm going to be throwing things over that pit. I'm going to be throwing garbage. Where's all the garbage we can get to throw in that pit? I'm going to become a garbage man. <laughs> At the beginning of the millennium. What are you doing, Brother Joe? I'm gathering up all the garbage I can. So here you see the, the, the thought pattern for the rapture of the church is you have an appointment. Number one, you've got to go to the reward seat of Christ. We'll get into that later. You can't be here and be at the reward seat of Christ at the same time. And then I've heard people say, well, the, the tribulation period was the, to purify you. No, the tribulation period is to get the Jews to accept Israel. I've already accepted Jesus as my Messiah. I don't need to go through pressure. The purpose of the seven-year tribulation is pressure. Some people are so hard-headed they won't make a change, so they have to. When you think about in the World War II, it's called the foxhole mentality. When you had missiles flying at you, you'd go, well, I think I might get saved. Well, yeah, because you think you're about to die. There's going to be seven years of that pressure. But see, I don't need to be here because I've already accepted him as my Lord and Savior. So it's interesting that we, we have weird doctrines about the rapture of the church just because it is unusual. But just because it's unusual does not mean it's not biblical. Enoch was raptured, Elijah was raptured, the church will be raptured. I, I honestly believe that come time, some fall of whatever year that is, that we'll, be, we'll, we'll have a sensation, not to do anything stupid, because people instantly, if they knew the exact day Jesus would come back, they'd go out and buy a Ferrari and put it on their credit card or whatever. <laughs> I know Pastor Tony would never do that, amen. Two Ferraris, praise the Lord. <laughs> but there'll be such a joy and such an unction in the church, just like the anticipation for a wedding. I mean, think of how you acted right before you got married. Well, I hope you acted like you're happy. You may have married the wrong person. <laughs> Here we go. Another one bites the dust. No. The, the, no, no, no. There'll be such an anticipation in the church that we'll be gathering. I said it last night. We'll be gathering. Some fall of some year, we'll be going, wow, this is it. But it will be a quiet joy. It won't be like, I knew it. We're going all out, going crazy. We'll be like, hey, we're, we're about to meet him face to face. And just like a, a, a wedding, you, you, you go through maybe a couple of days of reflection right before you, you say, I do. You go, wow, I'm getting ready to have the biggest change for my life ever. And all of a sudden, we're going to be caught up. We're going to go to the reward seat. Wow. He's going to be coronated right before us as the king of kings. Wow. And we'll look at him and we'll look at those scars on his hands. Look at those scars there where he wore that crown. And go, how could that being let himself die for me? And we'll worship like we've never worshiped before. There'll be honor and dominion and power unto the Son of God, who was and is and is to come. And the fulfillment of our redemption will take place right there. And that is a beginning, not an ending. So it, you're not done when you're raptured. You have so much in your heart. You say, I got so much in my spirit, I want the rapture to happen. You're not done. We'll get into the millennium. You're tasting of the powers of the world to come. You know, uh, if you have a cheeseburger or whatever, you have a taste, you get kind of mad. No, I want the whole cheeseburger. So right now, we're going through this process of learning the ways of God because we've got such a great change coming. I mean, there's so much more we get into about the rapture, but I think we'll take our break because I want to get into uh, Daniel's 70th week here in a minute, and that'll prove to you you can't be here uh, during the tribulation period. So Daniel's 70th week is a little complicated, but we'll get into that in this next hour. But it all shows you 
you're, you're going to leave the planet and God's going to deal with the Jews for seven years. So it'll be fun. Let's thank him for a second. We'll have our break in just a minute. Let's just thank him for a minute. Lord, we thank you that we're going to be caught up. Thank you we don't have to be here during that seven-year period. We have a spirit of appreciation that we don't have to be here during those seven years. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. We lift up your wonderful name. We lift up and magnify your wonderful name. Father, thank you for evacuating us from this planet. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we, we talk about that. Uh, it's not an escape theology. I have dominion. I can walk on the earth. I'm not concerned about what's happening on the earth. I have an appointment with God. You're not escaping to miss something, but you are escaping to miss some things, so you're not supposed to be here for that. So there is some truth to that, but don't be, get caught up in, well, I'm trying to leave because I'm afraid of anything. No, don't be afraid of anything. Satan has come and he has nothing in me. That's, that's the believer's stance. Woo, hallelujah. He that, he that sent me is with me, and I only do those things that please my Father. Mm. Zero fear. My biggest concern is that I don't have a concern. Amen. That'll bless you. All right, have your break, and we'll come back and get into Daniel's 70th week, and we'll uh, show the pictures of the Antichrist. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by this teaching and are freshly excited about our Saviour's imminent return and how we should be living in anticipation of this blessed hope. For more information on Rama Family Church or to partner with us in producing more resources like this, please visit rhema.org.au.